God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, wow. So yesterday we um, saw President Trump uh, on the southern border. And he looked very presidential, didn't he? If you've seen the audio and video clips of the, seen the video clips of that, uh, he looked like the boss. He looked like the chairman of the board. He looked like the president of the United States. <laughs> And that was nice to see, and I, I kind of like the way that direction is going. I think that Trump is is really doing a great job in terms of what he has to do to form a coalition, coalesce, um, basically make things happen. It's all about messaging, and it's and right now his messaging is perfect. And I got to say, you know, that he's a real threat to the establishment. And and the reason why I say that is because not only has he been deplatformed from every social media platform on the planet, you know, that's liberal, you know, the Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and and I guess that's it, the, the, the three bigs. And he's been um, probably uh, throttled on Google searches. So you got Google and YouTube, same company, run by the same sisters and sister-in-laws and out there in California. And then you have Twitter and you have Facebook. Nowhere in our history have we ever seen anything like this. You know, I'm bent on Facebook right now for 30 days. Because I post aggressively on Facebook truth. And when I said, you know, in a play off of what Biden said, Biden said something to the effect, you would need a nuclear weapon in uh, F-15 if you wanted to form a militia and actually pose a threat to uh, the government of the United States. So come at me. And then on the on the flip side, 
You got General Milley, uh, Secretary of Defense, you know, basically whining like a little baby about being, you know, called woke because somehow he thinks that critical race theory is a good idea. Of course, he's a big sellout, Millie, right? Because he's just trying to keep his job. But what a, what a spineless critter. What a spineless lipstick-wearing pig. General Millie, wow. Who knew? What a loser he is. And Mad Dog Mattis wasn't any better. You know, with all this intellectual reading of Mao Zedong and, and uh, Marxism. They think that they're somehow edumacated uh, because they read these stupid moronic books about Marxism. It's absolutely absurd. It doesn't make you any smarter. It's pretty easy to see how we got to, you know, Nazism and Hitler. People were drinking the Kool-Aid and siding with the winning team. And what's happening today is exactly what happened in the days of Hitler. But instead of it, you know, it's it's been flipped upside down and gas uh, America Americans have been gaslit. Because they would call Trump a fascist. They would call Trump a racist. But yet they're the only ones that are talking about now I'm I'm hearing White History Month. Can you believe that? Can we get a little love for the Native American Indian Month? Can we get a little love there? I don't know. But, you know, I love what Morgan Freeman had to say. You stop talking about Black History Month and I'll stop pushing the idea that we should have a White History Month. Let's just not talk about it. Race is not a problem unless you start talking about it and breaking it. You just break it. It's a delicate. It's a delicate situation was delicate it's not even delicate anymore but now it's also a little bit gimmicky it's like it's it's almost like woke you know interracial relationships and all kinds of different um things when you think about the matrix and the population of america i don't even know if whites are the majority anymore with so many different ethnicities but certainly blacks represent 13, 14% of the population, yet they're in every commercial, they're, you know, it's kind of weird, you know, the statistics are askew. Like, if you were to listen to the mainstream media, you would think that transvestites represents 50% of America, and somehow we should have a bathroom with a tra- for transvestites. Somehow Olympic athletes in women's sports ought to be all men. It's absolutely absurd. Critical race theory, we're finding out now, is being, in Indiana, is being financed by Indiana Republicans. What? That's peculiar, right? That's odd. I don't quite understand that. I was reading this story. Why is Republican-run Indiana letting tax dollars fund critical race theory? Multiple Indiana government agencies are involved in the conference pushing critical race theory, including state-funded universities. Nearly all state Republican leaders refused to comment. Isn't that where Pence is from? What's going on in Indiana? 
Well, a bunch of rhinos out there. We got to put a stop to rhinos. Now, I'm going to get back to Trump and the border in just a minute because we're going to peel another onion with regard to why it is that the the Manhattan Grand Jury is going after Trump, the Trump Organization and his CFO. Do you think that's somehow related to taking him down? It's the reason why I actually started the show off talking about how Donald Trump has been silenced and deplatformed. We're going to get into alternatives to platforms today. But we're also going to address the elephant in the room, or I should say the lion in the room, because the elephant is no longer running the Republican Party. It's the lion that is, and that's the Trump lion. We're going to get into all that in just a moment. Indiana Black Expo, a group that bills itself as celebrating cultural diversity and inclusiveness across all races, ethnicities, nationalities, generations, socioeconomic levels, and religious affiliations, will host its annual education conference from July 13th to 15th. Dina Simmons and Dr. Bettina Love, two activists who frequently take in thousands from taxpayer dollars to lecture on systematic racism, will deliver keynote speeches. Both did not respond to the Federalists' request for comment. wonder why that is. So the point is, is that there's a lot of funding, but you, you wonder why it is. And uh, I'm trying to actually find that out. It's an, it's, it's an, they're, they're suggesting it's an obligation. I think it's a, a way to control people. I think it's a way to gaslight people, independent thinkers. It's a way to divide people. How do you divide a strong working middle class, independent thinking, vibrant middle class who represents the lion's share of the population? How do you weaken them? You divide them. That's how you weaken them. You divide them. I would actually say that the liberals made a calculation back in 2013 when they actually went after uh, Michael Brown and they were founded on the lie that was hands up, don't shoot. And what they did was they tried to divide the black conservatives from the black liberals and in order to weaken the black conservatives who were I think fleeing the radically left agenda or the rad- the moving the the party that was moving radically left basically becoming anti-semites overnight and yet it's it's Trump that they're trying to call the fascist Trump they're trying to alliance with Hitler it's Trump that they're calling a racist. Yet it's them. It's the one they, the ones that name their their Marxist group Black Lives Matter, so you can't lay a glove on them. You know, oh my goodness, we can't strike back at Black Lives Matter. We'll be called a racist. At this point, who cares? I don't care what you say. If you call me a racist, so what? I know I'm not. I'm not worried about your opinion. Because it comes with no Support, no backing, no integrity. And that's where we are right now with Black Lives Matter. That's why it is that a lot of show hosts like myself 
we don't really we don't even bother referencing Black Lives Matter until we throw the name Marxism on it because it's such a sham. People don't understand. A lot of people who listen to this show understand, but people don't understand in general what Black Lives Matter is all about. They think that somehow it's a do-good organization to help the black struggle. That's not at all what they're about. They, they're a fundraising arm of the Act Blue organization, which donates 100% of their proceeds to Democrat political candidates. They're allianced with American-hating organizations run by George Soros and elsewhere. And they're you know, about abolishing the police. And uh, you've seen the news reports. I don't need to be a news anchor to tell you that all the crime that's rising is in liberal cities that want to defund the police and put psychotherapists in place. <laughs> it's a dumb idea. And uh, somehow they're, the, the libtards that, that vote for these fools are drinking Kool-Aid to the point where they can't even screw their head on straight. And how this has gotten to be so dominant is not because they have the numbers. It's because they have the media. It's because they pack the drums. And that's the way it's been since the 50s, since the beatnik days. I was watching some documentaries on the beatniks, and I was surprised at how retarded they were. I mean, they were absolutely mindless imbeciles, doing LSD and smoking grass. I look back at them like I heard about these beatniks all being, hey, Jack Kerouac, you know, feeling like, oh, I'm going to learn something about their what. No, they turned out to be these wackadoodles, real quacks. And so the liberal press and the liberal media has been colluding with the CIA and the FBI and the government to try to create leverage on politicians and get what they want and get scoops and to dictate policy and influence policy and work with lobbying arms and multinational corporations as the world became more of a global place. Putting cities like Youngstown and Pittsburgh and, uh, well, Pittsburgh's back in business because they're tech now, but they were a blue-collar mill town. And all those blue-collar mill jobs went overseas because union, union bosses dictated the terms that were not competitive on a world market. So the fiduciary duty of every CEO is to maximize profits. They, they owe that to their shareholders, and they outsource their labor markets overseas, which gave these developing nations that are now dominant over America in, in some way leverage and power to where we created a monster, and now what are we going to do with this monster? It's not what Joe Biden said, but it's what it's what Trump did. Trump brought China basically to the table and practically to their knees and would have if given another four-year stretch. It's the Democrat Party that's totally connected, allianced, and driven by their puppet master, which is China. They allowed themselves to be sold down the river, bought out like a like a cheap huckster. A cheap huckster. And, and basically China got a bargain with these politicians. 
being allowed to buy up all kinds of land and all kinds of infiltration in our system, in our country, to where they're in control. But we can't win if we're not, if, if, if we're divided. And we're divided because we have Republicans that are embracing Marxist ideas like critical race theory. Marxist ideas like Black Lives Matter. And they all fundraise for the Democrats. I never understood it. I never understood why Republicans placate to the journalists and mainstream media. Even in the face of Obama, where the Obama administration, Eric Holder and his DOJ minions and the FBI, all would wiretap. Associated Press, James Rosen, his father, Fox News, you name it. And they're doing the same thing with Tucker Carlson today. And that is a real problem. You know, people who listen into this show, and by the way, the call lines are open. Um, so you can call into 215 Top Talk if you want to be heard. That's 215 867 8255. That's 215 867 8255. But, you know, I talk about Watergate being the same as the Russian hoax. Sponsored and financed by the Democrat Party. And they use some of the conservative operatives to be basically, you know, trapped, entrapped. Set them up. Set up. You know, get them to do things so you can plant a crime on them. And, you know, they, they sort of did that with George Papadopoulos and, and maybe even Carter Page, you know, using their naivety to set up meetings. And they even tried to do that with Donald Trump Jr. Remember Veriskaya in the Trump Tower meeting? That was a setup. They set up these meetings. And then they say, hey, you have a history. Have you ever met with a Russian who was connected with this guy, who was connected with that guy? Did you ever meet with them? Where? Trump Tower. Oh, what was said? Oh, okay, we see a pattern here. Next thing you know, that's part of the fix. No different with Watergate. Hey, how would you like to put a wiretap into the DNC headquarters in Watergate? The Watergate Hotel at the time. Now it's the condominiums and apartments. And sure enough, they did. They Someone took the Someone bit the apple and did it. Got themselves knowing, knowing full well they were going to entrap the president, circle the wagons, and get him to put his fingerprints on the cookie jar and try to obstruct justice. And Trump knew one thing he learned about Watergate was he knew not to do it. He knew not to get his fingerprints on the jar. He knew not to get involved. And Trump said on numerous occasions, one thing I learned about Nixon and Watergate don't get involved. If you didn't do anything, don't get involved. It's the cover-up worse than the crime. So sure enough, Trump was smart, smarter than Nixon. And Nixon knew he was in over his head at that at some point and resigned. But that was a Democrat operation to take down. And who are they colluding with? The FBI. Mark Felt was the biggest leaker on the planet. Mark Felt was the biggest loser on the planet. They called him Deep Throat. Mark Felt was no better than McCabe and Comey. 
two swineless libtards that basically went after a president to try to overthrow the government and the duly elected president that won in, in overwhelming fashion. And that's Trump. That's Nixon. See, the similarities are remarkable, but you know what's even more damning? is that Hillary Clinton was on the Watergate Commission and she was the one that financed the Russian hoax. So when you think about it, it's the same playbook run by the same operatives because when there was the impeachment from the Ukraine phone call, it was it was uh, Howard Dean, I mean, not Howard Dean, John Dean from Nixon. It was Woodward and Bernstein on every single talk show on CNN and MSNBC trying to compare the Russian hoax and the Ukraine situation to Watergate, saying it was worse than Watergate, which it wasn't. And so this is the fix that we're in, is the gaslighting. The media bangs the drums, and they make the loudest noise. And that is a shame, because they are not the loud, the biggest population. They are not the ones winning the popular vote unless they rig it. And that's why these fake elections and these rigged elections and these mail-in ballots and, and no longer do we have a voting day, we have a voting month. This is all by design. And God forbid we even ask for a voter ID, they'll say that's suppressing the, the minority vote. They're using this to exploit. They've been doing it for over 20 years and the Republicans have been allowing them to get away with it. So when I bring up Indiana and critical race theory run by the Republicans I'm saying yeah I'm not surprised and this is what Bugle Call and MAGA Pack are all about trying to infiltrate our own party we already know the enemy's the left but we can't beat the enemy unless we clean our own house and get rid of these these sellout Republicans who are basically adopting liberal principles for short-term financial gain for their own private use. It's called kickbacks. It's, it's pay-to-play. And it's why the politicians go to Washington and become rich so quickly. Ilhan Omar is paying her consultants $1.7 million and sleeping with them and breaking up their, their marriages. And yet she gets reelected in a landslide. How? Who knows? Ocasio-Cortez is the same thing. Ocasio-Cortez only got about, I think it was 15,000 votes to win her seat in her district. 15,000 measly votes. 15,000 votes is all she needed to make millions off the taxpayer, working class taxpayer dollars. So, we have to wake up and we have to readjust. We have to realize that transvestites represent, especially young students, represent a fraction of 1%, a small fraction, like the death of COVID, where the survival rate among people under 30 is like 99995 and yet we're doing these draconian lockdowns and putting people out of business and taking away the middle-class jobs and making them dependent on the government. Remember yesterday, I played that guy twice in a row, the guy from Toronto who made so much sense, who basically talks like, like we do here on the Scott Adams show 
I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was like, wow, there's a guy that's saying exactly what I've been saying for years. And we have to do better because we can't have any more rigged elections. We have the numbers. We just can't have the rigging. We can't beat the machine if the machine is already predetermined. It doesn't matter if you get the most votes in history like Trump did. Joe Biden didn't get 81 billion votes and everybody knows it. So there's that. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to see if this phone system still works. Caller, you're on the air. Is that me? Yes, yeah, you're the caller. <laughs> Thank you for calling hey. in. Hey, good morning, Scott. Yeah, what's, hey, your, uh, what's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, uh, this is Scott in California. Oh, okay. Hey, Scott. Hey, um, so I think we're looking at this thing all wrong. Um, I think uh, the critical race theory poses an opportunity. Um, because if you really look at it from a critical standpoint, you'll notice that all these grievances are in the past. Uh, they have nothing that they can point to today. And if we take this thing and flip it around on them and show them, hey, you know, all your grievances are 100, 200 years ago, and you're not looking at the progress that we've made since then. You know, these liberals and progressives like to think of themselves as uh, forgiving people. You know, they always want to get a, get a uh, you know, get past history and, you know, forget about the bad things. But then the, the truth is that it's guilt that they're run on. Guilt yeah. emotion. is their currency. Emotion, yeah. Guilt and emotion. This is what motivates them. This is the way that they control us. If we take this critical race theory and point out the fact that, listen, all this stuff is gone. And who got rid of it? by the way. Still there? Yes. Okay. Well, who got rid of, who got, well, it was the Republicans that got rid of it. <laughs> I mean, we got no, rid no, of it. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, they, 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 they want to, you know, people want to talk about like, you know, uh, they want to separate history by race, you know, black history and white history, when it's all just human history. Nothing is in a vacuum. Nothing, no, no black accomplishments were made in a vacuum absence of white people, and no white accomplishments were made in a vacuum absence of any other race of people. So, you know, this is just complete stupidity. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And I like what you had to say. It's a, it's a great reminder that all of the Democrat grievances aren't about what's happening today, something we could control. It's about what happened hundreds of years ago which is something we have absolutely nothing to do with and can't control. Well, we did have a lot to do with it. We got rid of it. What, tell me another, tell me another uh, say, a predominantly um, controlled and populated country uh, that has the, you know, the absence of, say, white people um, that is not racist. Yeah. Or that is functional. No, no, no. We're the least racist. Uh, and by the way, I was watching this thing by Thomas Sowell uh, recently, and he said uh, there's been racism. There's been slavery, for example, in every culture ever in, in, in the history of mankind. And yet he said the unique thing is the United States is the first 
culture that actually fought to end slavery. It was all the other cultures that fought to keep it. Um, and so, you yeah. know, this is a unique situation and a credit to our republic and our founding fathers and the Constitution. Even people like Thomas Jefferson, who are guilty of having slaves, um, you know, uh, wrote articulately about how all men should be created equal. And it was the, he, he put out the blueprint so that, you know, future generations would have the, um, would have the blueprint to, to actually end slavery and abolish slavery. Um, but they didn't do it at the I just time. Find it, I, I just find it so frustrating, the, the idea that, you know, I, I can, you know, uh, that a black person could look at me and think that I would be racist uh, uh, towards, because I'm a white guy. And, and, you know, when, I mean, throughout my life, all growing up, I mean, some of my favorite people were, you know, I mean, you have Flip Wilson and, and I'm sorry, Bill Cosby, uh, you know, and Richard Pryor and, and Red Fox. I mean, all these, all these fucking great black people. And, and, and people got the nerve. To, to to look at me and say that I'm racist just because I'm fucking no I'm sorry yeah don't uh, uh, don't because I'm white hey let's let's I'm let, sorry, me, I let, got me, it. let me do this um I was talking to Charles Butler yesterday uh, he and I talk a lot and he's a radio show host on Red State and I was talking to him and he's he's a black show host and um one of the things he said to me about uh, Bill Cosby he said. In every one of the cases where the drugs were involved for, you know, whatever, the, the date rape drug or whatever, the the actual person that, that um, uh, I don't know how to stop that ringing, but um, hang on really quick, okay? Hold on. Okay, so we're going to, um, what we're going to do is try to figure out how to get this phone system in just the right way. But in any case, can you hear me, Scott? Yeah. Okay. He said that in no transaction was it, like I said, was, did they slip a Mickey? Did he slip him a Mickey? Like if you sleep, slip some, put something secretly in someone's drink, knock them out and rape them, that's one thing. But if you're doing drugs together and the person comes over to your house and says, hey, I'll take some of your drugs, and you put them in her hand, and then next thing you know, all things are happening. Um, I don't know. You know, that's a whole different kind of um uh, calculation and I don't know a lot about the cases um, I was just talking to Charles Butler yesterday about this and he told me that it's not as sinister as they tried to make it out to be that not one of the women that was being run by Gloria Alred um, actually made the case that they were actually um, secretly drugged um, so in any case I, I uh, have always been a fan of Bill Cosby and I was saddened to see all that just to happen there. And I, again, I'm not an expert on the details of his case. I will say this though, they are coming out with a civil suit against him, but I will say this. One of the things I thought was most valuable about the black community and black people, uh, the black leadership that, um, that Bill Cosby brought to the table and I'm almost finished, um, is, that he used to always give speeches with, you know, different universities, sweatshirts, Yale, Temple, um, where he went to school, um, Columbia, 
wherever it was, he, he was always self-promoting and promoting education within the black community. Al Sharpton never did that. Uh, Jesse Jackson and his Rainbow Coalition never did that. It was Bill Cosby that did that. And so I thought that Bill Cosby was one of the great leaders. But from what, what Charles Butler told me, it was Bill Cosby that wanted to buy out NBC. And that was the reason why he was taken down. Now, I thought mm. that it was Bill Cosby's mission to actually speak in practicalities about education that did him in because he wasn't the right kind of black leader for the liberals. And it, when the liberals don't like you, they will end your life one way or the other, whether it's Arkansas or whether it's incarceration. We see the two standards of justice. And if you don't well, yeah, the liberal line... So tolerant and- because it's so tolerant and accepting. Yeah, I think he's a victim of liberalism. Yeah. I, I have just one thing to leave with. Uh, I, I would just like to ask your the audience is to, to think to themselves and be honest with themselves and think of all the people that have screwed you over in your life. And whether you're white or black or Hispanic or whatever race you are, was that person the same race as you? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Most likely, and I would say, I would say at least nine out of ten people were saying yes. That's a good point. So, people, people, can we get past this? We can, and we will. And and Donald Trump's going to be making his way back. You'll see. So, anyway, thank you for calling in today. All right. All right. Bye. Take care. All right. So we had Julie. Julie, welcome back to the Scott Adams Show. Oh, good morning. Good morning. It was nice listening, hearing Scott's voice. And I just wanted to um, add to it and say perhaps this critical race theory is all just one big giant smokescreen to change the narrative and, for, of course, indoctrinate our kids. But perhaps it's, it's all a, a giant smokescreen to cover up all their evil deeds. And it just well, like that's what cancel warming. culture is all about, and I think it's a way. Yeah. To, I think it's a it's a way to get America. I think what it is, it's a way to get Americans to hate America. And right now, they had this poll that says, uh, like ten years ago, it said, do, do, "Is uh, how's Amer- is America the best place to live?" And it was eighty nine percent. Now it's sixty four percent or sixty seven percent or something. It's a much lower number. And they're chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at America, at the way America, Americans see America. And yet then you have um, these foreigners that come to America and love it. People are dying to get here. Yet the people exactly. that are, the liberals that are um, in charge of the media are trying to gaslight America and forcing the idea of cancel culture. I mean, I'm reading this one article that suggests the Capitol is poised and ready to dismantle all the statues in the Capitol. You know, and if you erase history, you know, you, you've, you're lost. You're going to repeat history uh, for better or for worse. And this cancel culture thing is all about that. So it's about erasing the history. It just so happens that the worst parts of American history 
happen to belong to the left, whether it's, you know, Robert Byrd and the KKK that he was a member of and walking the halls of Congress and being supported by people like Hillary and, and Biden, whether it was George Wallace standing in the doorway blocking those two black kids from integrating into an Alabama school, or whether it was Jefferson Davis fighting against the first Republican candidate president presidency uh, to fight for slavery or the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments that were being rejected out of hand to try to make black people more than three-fifths of a man, a whole person, uh, eligible to vote and being free. And, uh, and the liberals and their history have been against every part of that progress. And the only thing that they claimed to fame is civil rights legislation. And, but they were the ones that wrote the Jim Crow laws uh, they were the ones that wrote it, okay? The liberals throughout the South wrote the Jim Crow guidance laws. And in addition to that, the separation, the segregation, they've always supported segregation. That's what the vaccine passports are doing. They're segregating. That's what first-class passenger systems do. They segregate. And those are all liberal concepts run by liberal people. That's why there's the Hollywood elite. That's why there's the ivory tower in the universities. That's why there's the editorial boards that are closed doors. That's why you see all this secrecy and lack of transparency in the Biden administration. It's all about segregation. Well, and then you, 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 going back to Tucker Carlson, what was he working on that they needed to take him down? Because if for the NSA to get involved and to start um, reproducing things that he wrote in text messages for his sources, and then it, it goes down to Christopher Ray, and now well, we see William Barr was about, part of the whole thing. It was not. A, he's been getting number one ratings across the board, so it wasn't about what he's doing in terms of. Uh, what he's tapping on. What he's doing is like Donald Trump or like Ron DeSantis. They're speaking truth to power. And what happens is they have a big megaphone. And so what happens is when they speak this truth, it counters the narrative that the liberals are trying to push because CNN has lost 75% of its viewership. And MSNBC is not far behind. And um, they're all getting crushed right now. And so the point is, is that um, when Tucker Carlson lays these things out regarding critical race theory or the um, the uh, FBI being directly involved with the January 6th infiltration, they, they like to call an insurrection and how they're, you know, the injustices involved with the way they're treating Donald Trump. Um what they're trying to do is silence these big megaphones that are speaking truth to power. Maybe he was getting too close to the information. Well, too. no, I think what because it is, it I don't think that, that 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 guy that that they didn't indict, uh, according to Revolver News. Yeah, the guy they didn't indict, he was he was also uh, involved in the Bundy. Escapade That's right, and some of the other escapades. So it turns out that maybe perhaps the whole thing was a setup. Well, and, and so was they, it, so was Charlotte. Remember Charlottesville? Exactly. exactly. That was a setup. That they got the certification. The certification was was a, a, a guy that supported Obama years prior, and he was the guy that got the certification for the rally in Charlottesville, and we saw how Jesse that went. Smollett. 
Jesse Smollett. Yeah, Jesse Smollett. We're we're starting to see a signature of how they go about things. And then let's go back to the Las Vegas incident. Right. How involved were they allowing that guy to get all those guns in that place? Is this how sick these people are? Yes, it is. It is. Just look at COVID. Just look at how many people are... God is watching. Don't you think? I mean, it, it, I mean, people somehow think God's going to come down with His hand and correct everything. It's not going to happen. We, he wants us to be strong enough to help ourselves, and we have to sit here and be aware of this, and we have to say no more. This is what God wants us to do. I mean, it, it, I don't we, know. Maybe I'm somehow we have to crush the mainstream media for their disinformation, and what we have to do as a people is we have to do a better job in boycotting these things. And uh, we're not co- we're not coordinated yet. We will. We will be. I'm sure it will happen. There's going to become a critical moment there. where we're going to have to. Our lives will depend on it. All right. Thank well, you, Julie. Um, no, I'm going to play this. I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. But the, get I, this. I, I just yeah, take care. Yeah. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. All right. And uh, Julie, um, I, I, one of the things Ooh. I want to say is I'm going to play this clip I didn't plan to play today. I've played it for years now. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite, uh, favorite intellectuals. She's a, um, a uh, pen professor. She's brilliant. I've had her on the Scott Adams Show years ago. I would say it's probably the only interview where I was nervous uh, when I had her on. I was like because I was gobsmacked with respect for this woman. Um, but in any case, I was like, she was like the intellectual in the room and I was a little puppy. But um, I brought her on and she said yes. And I was so nervous when I had her on years ago. But I was inspired by this interview that she did with Bill O'Reilly, of all people, back in 2005, February 9th, almost 2004. She said this with Bill Riley. I want you to take a listen to this clip. Uh, let's see. Um, and let's see if this let's see if this video even works here. Um, okay, okay, we got it coming. Rather than blaming right. racism predictably. Story segment tonight, writing in the Wall Street Journal, University of Pennsylvania law professor Amy Wax opined that African-Americans should take more personal responsibility for improving their lives rather than blaming racism. Predictably, Professor Wax has come under some criticism and she joins us now from Philadelphia. Now, there was much more to your article, but just give us the central theme of it. Well, the article tries to use some very commonplace insights from the law of remedies to shed some light on... Uh, what the solutions to racial disadvantage might be. And the central insight of the article is that even though the ideal is that the individual who caused the wrong or caused the harm has to right the wrong, that isn't always possible. And people who deal with everyday remedies and liability know that. For example, if I knock out your eye, I can't necessarily put it back. If I kill your child, I can't necessarily bring her back to life. Uh, and I think that that insight does apply to racial disadvantage. There's no question that slavery and discrimination have caused harms. But at this point, the harms that they have caused, which are in part dysfunctional behavioral patterns, 
can't really be corrected by outsiders. In fact, the twist here is that only the victim can correct their own harms. And I use the analogy of the parable of the paraplegic, someone who's been run over by a truck and the trucker has to pay for his rehabilitation, but unless he works really hard, uh, he will never walk again. Okay. Now, your criticism has come from within the University of Pennsylvania by... Um, the Black Law Students Association, and their thesis, this guy Nick Vaughn spoke for them, is that where you go wrong, Professor, is that institutional racism still exists. So even if a person wants to lift themselves up um, by their own means and by their own abilities, they can't because America is still a racist place that keeps all African Americans or most down. What say you? Well, I think it's very easy to make a, a sweeping general statement like that, and I'm not denying that discrimination exists, because it does exist. But I don't think it follows from that, that uh, African Americans can't improve their situation drastically. And the reason for that is that times have changed overt discrimination, the kind of Jim Crow type of exclusionary discrimination is has really abated. It has faded and there's evidence for that. There's data that suggests that in sociology and economics. And really what's left is uh, behaviors that are holding African Americans back. So you're not buying, you're not buying uh, Mr. Vaughn's thesis that um, if you are a responsible African-American citizen of any age, you work hard, you're honest, you still can't make it. That's what they're basically saying. You're still going to be put down. You don't buy that. Well, the evidence belies that. I mean, plenty of African-Americans are making it. The people who study hard, who get married, uh, who who work steadily, who obey the law, those African Americans are making it. And I think the Thurnstroms have documented that. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't little bumps along the way, but I but think there are little those bumps are... for everybody. Everybody's got little bumps. I think African Americans have a much tougher time of it, and I wrote that in my book, Who's Looking Out for You? But I agree with you that it can be done. Final question for you. Um, if you go, and I think you know this, to poor black neighborhoods, you will find a lot of defeatism in the air still. I can't make it. I can't do this. Whitey does this or whoever it may be, whoever it may be. It doesn't have to be Whitey. It can be the landlord. It can be the cops, anybody. This defeatism, I believe, saps a lot of energy and motivation out of people. You agree? Well, I do. I think in the end, the final frontier is going to be a psychological one, which is to stop seeing yourself as a victim or perhaps to acknowledge that you were victimized, but that really has very little to do with how you're going to get yourself out of it. In fact, one of the lessons of my piece is that the past really tells us very little about the future, as, as counterintuitive as that might be. All right. Well, I, uh, I hope people read it and... So that was Amy Wax in 26 and a half years ago. Why are we still talking about this? It doesn't make any sense, does it? 26 and a half years ago, that was February 9th, 2005. I don't get it. You know, I don't get, I just don't get that. But let's take a, let's move on. Um, so today, you know, uh, the show kind of went off in a variety of directions. Um, but what I will say is this. Um, I want to read a couple of headlines, that, st articles that I was going to actually draw from today. 
and uh, we're, you know I could see the clock. So um, basically, uh, I wanted to re- uh, report this one. Ashley Babbitt Shooter is a member of Mike Pence's security detail. Officer still not named after nearly six months. So that to me is some startling news. Ashley Babbitt's husband, Aaron Babbitt, and attorney Terrell Roberts joined Tucker Carlson earlier this month. During the discussion, Tucker Carlson asked attorney Roberts about the report of Ashley Shooter also left his loaded gun in a U.S. Capitol restroom. Tucker Carlson uh, basically was talking with Terrell Roberts and he says, that's my belief that um, Capitol Police officer who shot Ashley Babbitt um, was the same officer that left his loaded handgun in a public men's room on the Capitol. So that's pretty, pretty doggone odd. And now we're finding that it's the same guy that was part of the Pence security detail. Also, uh, the question is over at the American Greatness. Has the military lost <clears throat> middle America? The military is not yet a revolutionary people's army overseen by com- commissaries, but it's getting there. So has the military lost middle America? Has the Democrat Party lost middle America? I believe they have. I think that anybody that is on the margins, worried about $5 per gallon gas prices and higher taxes and all these other things, you know, basically, you know, is going to vote for Republicans who are more transparent, who are making decisions that that do help the middle class. You know, these higher taxes uh, and, and soaking the rich for all they're worth even though they're really not doing that. Um, but, you know, are punishing corporations and the rich, the rich are the ones that, that basically, um, where to go ahead and take that? And so the rich are the ones that basically are the ones hiring people. Um, so before we move on, we're going to go ahead and take John, who hasn't called in in a while. So John from the Chicagoland area, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Scott, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Good, good. New phone system. Okay, great. Well, um, you know, you mentioned something about the, the has the military lost Middle America? And I think it has, or it's in the process of doing so. And you wonder why, because they have to have these people to be an effective fighting force. And I heard a point brought up the other day that they don't plan on fighting a war, and that's why they think they can dally in this nonsense, because they don't right. really believe they need to be prepared. They don't plan on confronting Russia in Ukraine, and they shouldn't. It would be a very stupid move. We don't have enough troops there to do it anyway. And they don't plan on uh, fighting China over Taiwan. So they figure they can be part of this because most of the guys at the high level are really, they're they're peacetime generals. They're peacetime warriors. And and those tend to be the worst kind of bureaucrats you see in the military. I think that's what you're really reflecting. And that's why they can say things that are so obviously offensive because they know that they'll get pushback from the Democrats. They won't get pushback from the Republicans if they don't toe the line. And they know that you can criticize whites, and whites are not saying anything in defense of themselves, which is just, it's just become ridiculous. 
And so that's why they, they do it. They take the path of least resistance, and they don't plan on fighting a real war because this is not really a serious military. And it's, it's let's face it, it's way, way, way just obesely overgrown in its, uh, in its extent. So that's just my only comment there. On that. Yeah, and you know what's, you know what's sad about what you just said and everything you just said I agree with? Is when the whites uh, say the whites or the men, white men, push back, um, you end up like January sixth. You know the one one of the few uh, rallies where there there was civil unrest, uh, and not even a lot of civil unrest according to the Trump supporters. Um, you're, you're basically having this lock, you know, almost like this this Nazism style lockdown. And solitary confinement and people breaking, they're getting their doors broken into. And so, you know, you look at Black Lives Matter or Antifa, they could just roam the streets with club, billy clubs all day long. And yet, you know, the Republicans rise up just once and question an election and they're called racist, they're called conspiracy nut jobs, and they're locked up with the key thrown away. You know, so that's the kind of level of pushback. These same people that want to actually allow people cash bail and to go free, it's not the same for all these people that, you know, were escorted into the Capitol building walking around peacefully without a weapon to be had, and they get locked up and thrown away the key, and the liberals have no problem with that that two 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 levels of justice. The stories of how the January sixth protesters have been treated, if true are shocking, if true. And the contrast with how Antifa and Black Lives Matter are treated, or even what happened the other day when I guess these groups blockaded uh, some federal building because they want the green agenda agenda implemented. Right, or what they did with Kavanaugh. And, well, yes, and the Kavanaugh uh, hearings. The, The contrasts are so stark that it's right in your face. And the question is whether people, A, notice and b whether they're just so deadened to it they don't care um i think the democrats just hope that most of the population is bought off and they're bought and paid for so they're willing you know when you take from peter to pay paul you can count on paul's vote so i think that's that's what they're counting on it's it's incredible and it's obviously it's two standards of justice i it's, it's hard to describe the enormity of the hypocrisy absolutely well, you know, um, John, you called right at the end of our show. We got the music playing. You just can't hear it right now because we have it muted. I know. But I want to thank you for calling in today. Thank you. And hopefully you'll brief. call in soon. Thanks, Scott. All right. Bye. Take care. Thank you. All right. So uh, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. You're listening to Scott Adams. And uh, be sure to check out buglecall.org, magapack.org, and uh, support us however you can over there we're trying to uh make a difference and then also check out our latest podcast over at scottadamshow.com all right we'll see you next time on the radio bye-bye everybody i'm from a small town in tennessee a long way from the suits in dc but close enough now to see this mess where i stand the mound's getting steeper they grab a shovel dig the hole a little deeper just to bury my kids right up to there.